Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome back to a live recorded to digital format in studio Toonami Preflight. It's been a little while. It's been, been a week. Uh, hope you enjoyed our live from San Diego Comic-Con episode. I know I did. Did you enjoy your time in San Diego Comic-Con? No. So there's that. Yep. Uh, today we are going to be talking about number 57 on Pace Magazine's best anime movies of all time, The Disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya. Uh, and as such, some of our favorite Missing Persons movies. Uh, we didn't. We went for the deep cuts today, so you're in for a, a real treat. But first off, we wanted to announce a tsunami schedule change, which you probably will have seen on our Facebook prior to now if you are watching this broadcast. But in case you did not, starting Saturday, is that our special announcement? It's sound? actually Patrick Starr's announcement sound. Um, I, I borrowed it. Okay. Are we now in breach of contract? No, I don't think potentially so. Potentially being sued? I don't think so. Uh, starting this Saturday, we are going back to an 11 p.m. start time. We are a half an hour earlier. Uh, schedule's remaining mostly the same uh, with a slight half-hour time shift. And uh, Attack on Titan is at 3 a.m. So we're super Reruns, at 11, yeah. Kai at 11.30, JoJo's midnight, Tokyo Ghoul 12.30, Hunter Hunter at 1, Lupin the Third at 1.30, Shippenin to Ghost and Shell 2.30, and Attack on Titan Season 2 replay at 3. So now that that's out of the way, mm. let's get into the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, which is a continuation of the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, the anime series which I had not watched and proved to be problematic, <clears throat> somewhat problematic in viewing this movie as it is a direct continuation yeah. of the story, uh, at least characterization-wise. It's based on plot-wise, too. Uh, it's the fourth... This is based on the fourth light novel of the series, and the TV show is based on the first three light novels. And I think that when they finished the series... I don't know why they made a movie, because it's a really long movie. It's the longest anime film besides uh, Forever Yamato... So it's two hours and 40 minutes long, which is very long for an anime. And I think that might explain why the animation doesn't really look film quality. It looks like a TV show. Yeah, t at times it looks really good. Yeah, I mean, and at times it feels like it's more of a continuation. Yeah, it's weird. And I, I wonder if they, I wonder if the show was wrapping up and then the fourth novel came out and they were like, ah, oh, we got to finish it out. And then they just yeah, got caught the money. in between not yeah. having quite enough for a full series, right. but too much for a, a feature. And because it is very much a direct continuation, it, it sort of revolves around obviously the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya. Spoiler alert. But it's basically, it basically, there's a character who resets reality for the who is the main character of this show 
so that he can decide ultimately if he likes the reality that he was in, in which they they sort of were like a they were like a paranormal investigator yeah, kind of group SOS of kids. Brigade. And but they went through a, they had a lot of adventures, but they also went through some ups and downs. And so this is a re- reset of reality where his life would be a lot easier, but he wouldn't have these people in it who he's come to be close to. So it's the philosophical question of if you didn't have to go through the pain that you went through, but you wouldn't have the joy, would you prefer less pain, but also less joy? Or would you prefer to keep things the way they are and, and know that you're going to go through the pain that you've gone through. So kind of a deep overall place to start, but, um, a copper esque. Yeah. Telling, um, but yeah, yeah, I would, would you, which would you choose if it were up to you? I don't really. I'm not good at looking back. So, my wife calls me Desharco. I just kind of always go forward. So, I don't think I would redo anything. I think I would just go through whatever. I don't think I would change much. I might uh, punch certain people in the face instead of harder. Yeah, or just period. Instead of letting them uh, get away with stuff for too long, that's probably my my big change I would make. I think I cut people too much slack. So. I think that's always been what everyone always says. You're too forgiving, yeah, too that's, kind that's as true. an individual. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what about you? What would you change? Uh, Maybe less frisbee? No, hell no. Uh, I don't really, that's no regrets. You change. Um, You don't have any regrets, really? Not really. Wow. Probably would have bought some stocks differently and put some money on the <laughs> cubbies. But other than that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's all part of the journey, man. Do you, you, are who do, you are. do you regret saying that? No. You should. Um, I regret signing up for this fucking assignment. But other than that. <clears throat> you didn't sign up, so there's nothing to regret. Yeah. Um, so this show, this movie is really, really dependent upon... You can watch it and not have seen the show, but a lot of what's happening only makes sense in the th- context of the show. I think like, it makes... Like it makes sense it makes either sense. way. It just it matters way more because so much of it is Kion's decision on which way he wants to go, and then seeing uh, Yuki's further characterization. And yeah. if you don't, if you're not invested in the characters, yeah. that existential decision yeah. doesn't matter to you as much. It's still an interesting movie, and I think it's a good movie. Yeah. But having not seen the series, I wasn't as I didn't have the vested interest in seeing. Oh, this is such a yeah, different or expansion of their character because right. I didn't have the other. Bachelor. For me, as a film, I don't necessarily. I mean, I know it made it onto the list, but I don't necessarily feel strongly that it holds its own. Like, it doesn't really look film quality, and really, it doesn't use the film format in a different way from the show. It just sort of feels like a bunch of scenes from the show that they put together to tell the story, which is fine too. And we also reviewed a bunch of other movies that were just sort of series spinoffs. But this one's weird because it's literally more just like the end of the show than it is a standalone movie. So anyway, uh, you can get it pretty easily. Uh, It's on Amazon Prime. It's on Crunchyroll. It's on Funimation's It was on Funimation's site. I don't think it's on Funimation's site anymore. But you can get the Blu-ray pretty easily. Yeah. And um, it's dubbed. And it's a pretty good dub. It's a good dub. Solid. Um, I, I, I thought it... Thought it was a good dub. Um, so if you're interested in sort of a deeper tale about what we just talked about, regrets and whether or not the the pain is worth the joy, 
Yeah, uh, and it's the series isn't long. I think it's two seasons of ten episodes yeah, each. It's so short. It's like twenty twenty two episodes or something. Probably check out the series and then check out the movie. And Go check it out. Do yourself a favor. Check it out. Um, so then that led us to our topic of the day. We have the trailer. Oh, sorry. Oh, somebody was telling me. We have the trailer. That's right. I didn't pull the trailer, so I totally forgot. <laughs> Gil did it. So let's, let's check out the trailer. It's very well pulled. That's a super low key trailer, but yeah, it actually does feel a the, little bit like the feel of the sh- the show. The English trailer, the only one I could find online was what they were calling an extended English trailer, and all the comments were saying it totally spoiled the movie. Gotcha. Um, so we went. Spoiler with alert! More. Yeah, she disappears. What? Um, so yeah, that gives you just a little idea of it, but uh, I think it's worth watching, if especially if you like those kind of themes and. Want something a little more low key? It's very slice of life too. It's very just sort of people hanging out. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to our topic of the day, which is what's your favorite missing person movie? And as it turns out, we missed a few real obvious ones that we'll talk about later that you guys picked. Um, but the good news is, at least we're not talking about this. You know, the real obvious choices. That's I choose to look at the the, the positive side. Um, That's what I've always said. So uh, my first choice is uh, Michelangelo Antonioni's classic La Ventura, um, filmed in 1959, released in 1960. The first part of a trilogy about films of uh, disaffected uh, married people. Um, I... I'm a big fan of Antonioni's work. Um, I think his work is really divisive. There's a lot of people who think he's hopelessly like uh, highfalutin. And um, a lot of people think he's amazing. I think he's amazing. His movies are some of my favorites. Um, He often, he's kind of known for long stretches of silence and shooting really deserted places and people, lots of shots of people walking around in a huge emptiness um it's a lot about existential dread which i feel every day so it makes sense to me (laughs) so um the overall story and this is the first movie that uh this is the movie that first movie that monica vitti that actress appeared in she became a legend uh she worked with antonioni a couple times um but this was her first sort of film um so this story concerns three friends that go on a holiday in Italy, and they go to an island. Uh, it's a woman and her best friend and her best friend's boyfriend, and then they join two other couples. And they go uh, on a vacation, sort of just a weekend on an island, and her friend disappears. Her best friend is just gone. Um, so the rest of the movie is her looking for her friend, and she's the only one who takes her disappearance seriously because her friend is sort of dramatic and has faked stuff before. And everyone else is just like, doesn't really even give a shit that she's gone. Um, so she's the only one who takes it seriously. And she also starts sort of falling for her boyfriend. And her boyfriend starts making advances upon Monica Vitti's character. And she obviously is 
feels guilty that she has feelings for him since her friend just disappeared. And it's basically about messed up, melancholy people who don't know what they want from their life. Um, so it's very much of a of a a time and place uh, of its time and place. The '60s were definitely a decade where this idea was being explored, both in American literature and film, and certainly in European literature and film, like John Updike's Rabbit Books and stuff like that. So this is very much of a piece with that kind of stuff. It's just a more angular European take. Um, it's got some some sex. It's got some cool. They shot a lot of deserted streets. It's got some cool long shots of Monica Vitti walking on a beach totally alone uh, with no sort of anything happening for long periods of time. I really love it. Um, so I think we have the trailer, uh, right? It's the trailer. So let's uh, show you. This trailer doesn't do a great job because it's a 60s trailer. So it's like, it's, you know, it's very right. 60s, like a woman feeling desire, you know, that kind of thing. But it's actually a million times better than this trailer. This is just the easiest thing I can show you that shows you a little of the film. So check it out. Ci sposiamo. Cosa ti rispondo? No. Sorry, so that's not a trailer, because that's right, I didn't use the trailer. That is, uh, Criterion Collection does these things for some of their films called Three Reasons, and it's just like three reasons to watch the movie. So those are three compelling reasons, I think. Um, have you seen any? Yeah, yeah, I've uh, seen, I, didn't, I haven't seen the others, I didn't realize it was a trilogy, but I saw, I've seen this one. Um, so then next up is a little it wasn't that well liked when it came out but i like it um and that is the david fincher remake of the girl with the dragon tattoo um it flopped hard enough that they're basically not going to make any sequels with fincher and with these with these two um as far as i know they were talking a little while ago about making a sequel because there are three books. Did you read the books? Yeah, I read the books uh, at the beach, which is the perfect place. Yeah. They got progressively worse. The first one's definitely the strongest one. Um, the second one's good, too, though. The third one turns into just sort of... I only read the first one, but I also read it at the beach. Um, it's a beach book. It's not like a amazing... It's a good thriller. But uh, the character of Lizbeth Salander... Uh, played by Rooney Mara. Um, she may return in the sequel, maybe produced by Fincher, but it's been, I mean, it's been six years since this movie came out and there's no talk of a sequel right now. So I'm guessing it won't happen. Um, so this movie was a remake of a European film, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which in and of itself was a, a film version of a novel that became a huge hit for several years in the U.S. and internationally. And um, it concerns a um, journalist, Mikael Blomqvist, who is played there by Daniel Craig, who is hired to, and sort of blackmailed, sort of hired to find out about a woman that disappeared f 40 years ago from her, I think, uncle? Maybe? Yeah, she's his niece. She yeah. was his niece. Um so he then in turn works with Lisbeth Salander, Rooney Mara's character, who's a sort of hacker researcher person. And they together are trying to discover why this girl disappeared and what really happened to her. Because everyone's pretty clear that she's dead, but they don't have, they never found a body. And so a lot of the movie is 
them figuring out not only what happened on that day and why certain family members didn't do things they should have done and people had arguments. So it's very Hitchcockian in, in that way. But then it's also about finding out who killed her and trying to figure out why. Um, so it's a, it's a good adaptation of the book. I think it's the best possible one you could do. I think it's probably, it's actually a movie that for me is a sign of Fincher's decline as a director because it was the first adaptation he did. Um, the first that's just like, yeah, I'm just going to do this book, which he then did with, he did that with another couple movies to, I think, lessening returns, um, diminishing returns. But, um, but this one is good. And I think the performances, particularly Rooney Mara is a perfect Lisbeth Salander and, uh, Daniel Craig did a good job as Mikael Blomqvist and, um, you know, as a just sort of pulpy thriller, I think, I think, Fincher makes it seem classier than it really is, uh, but it's really well shot. Obviously, it's it's uh, really well edited. The Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross score is great, um, so it's a very good adult kind of thriller. What I, they released it around Christmas, which I think was a huge mistake because nobody wants to see a dark sort of serial killer sexual assault thriller. And Christmas, yeah, I just think that was a bad decision on their part. I think that may have led to why. And I also think their marketing was really avant-garde because they were trying to make it super cool. And I don't think they realized, like, hey, guys, this book is a bullshit beach thriller. Like, don't, like, put fucking Diane Lane and Richard Gere in it and move on. Like, yeah. don't try to make it this super cool angular art film. The trailer's it's good. It's not. The, the trailer. song. Yeah, I mean, the trailer, we're going to show you the trailer in a minute. The trailer is an incredibly well-cut trailer that actually started the, a trend of using um, big songs or covers of big songs in trailers. But I also feel about the trailer that it is poorly designed to appeal to the middle-of-the-road audience they yeah. needed. To make a movie like this turn into a hit, they need either teens which are not going to be into this movie, or they need the olds. I wish they need the olds and they didn't do a good job of marketing to the olds. I think they let Fincher control the marketing too much. And I think he wanted it to be cool and it's just not cool. That's not its strength. Um, so here is the very cool, well-cut trailer for the movie that doesn't tell you a goddamn thing about the movie, which is one way in which it fails. Check it out. It's good. They premiered that during. You would the, think it's not. It's a movie from. I mean, fifteen years ago that wasn't an English. It's a fucking. It's, it's a fucking great trailer, but they premiered it during the Super Bowl, which is also idiotic. And then they premiered the movie during Christmas, and it's like none of that is a good idea. <laughs> so it's just a weird example of how you can do a really cool marketing campaign that ultimately does a disservice to the movie itself. Um. But a well, a good movie, and I think a movie well worth watching. Um, 
I prefer it to the I've seen the Swedish trilogy of films and I really like the actress uh, in, in those films too but I prefer and they're really well made but I prefer this version um, just because Fincher is, a, is such a good filmmaker um, and then finally another dark kind of thriller that's fairly recent uh, and that is Denis Villeneuve's Prisoners um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal Paul Dano, Hugh Jackman uh, and a bunch of other famous people. Uh, it was nominated for a Oscar for Best Cinematography because Roger Deakins did the photography, and he's, of course, a genius. Um, this movie, I think it's adapted from a book, and it's about two little girls who disappear on Thanksgiving. Um, and basically, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays Detective Loki, which is the dumbest name in the world. But he does a good job. Um, and Hugh Jackman and... and um, who's the other guy's name? Terrence... Uh... Malik? No, anyway. Hugh Jackman plays one of the parents who basically kidnap um, one of the suspects and torture them. So it's it's basically about... These, these two girls disappear. There's a detective looking for them. There's sort of a couple suspects in this neighborhood, but there's one in particular played by Paul Dano who's mentally challenged and is the person that they were last seen with. Terrence and, Howard. Terrence Howard, that's right. And so Hugh Jackman basically doesn't feel the police are doing enough, and he knows that with missing persons cases, every hour that the person is missing, there's less likelihood that they'll be back. Um, so it's very much about the pain of these parents having their, their children gone. And so they decide to kidnap Paul Dano and torture him to make him talk. But he is he has the mental acuity of a 10-year-old. So it's totally messed up that they're torturing him. And meanwhile, Jake Gyllenhaal is trying to figure out who the real killer is. Um, and the question is, will he get there before Hugh Jackman gets there and kills the person and ruins his life? Um now, I have to say, as a parent of a young girl, I kind of supported Hugh Jackman the whole time. <laughs> I don't think it was necessarily right what he did, but I... Yeah, it was NC-17 when they first submitted it because it's so fucked up. I totally get why he did what he did. I don't necessarily think it was right, but I also understand. Um, but it's very well acted, and it was um, sort of a one-two punch for Villeneuve that year because he, uh, he did another really good film with Jake Gyllenhaal that same year. Um, and now, of course, he's directed the new Blade Runner. So um, he's doing very well. He's do- he's doing very well. So uh, let's check out the trailer for Prisoners, which actually does sort of give you the plot of the of the movie, which is one reason it might have become a minor hit. Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! Can I take Joy to our house? Wear a hat, please. You're just getting over a cold. Where are your sisters? I can't find them. Anna? Joy? I checked the entire house. They're not here. They weren't outside. It's starting to rain, I think. Dad, there was this RV, and they were playing on it. There was, we thought there was someone inside. You wait here. Let me go. I couldn't find them. 911. Detective Loki. Do you have children, detective? I'm going to find your daughters. Caller reported an RV was parked at a rest stop off Route 46. Show me your hands! Where'd you put those girls? 
you got? We didn't find anything. This thing's clean. And that boy has never been in trouble a day in his life. They're letting him go. What? The police said they're letting him go today. Why aren't you sending someone out to go arrest this guy? Well, he has the IQ of a 10-year-old. There's no way he could abduct two girls and then make them disappear. Maybe he wasn't on his own. We're considering all possibilities. I don't think you are considering all possibilities. Just let me do my job. Four days have passed since Anna Dover and Joy Birch were last seen by their families. I have nine level three offenders living within a 10-mile radius. Keep knocking on doors. Mind if I take a look around? Well, you tell me his name. He said he took them. Did he say he was with anybody? We found something. Every day, she's wondering why I'm not there. Me, not you, not you, but me! What in the world did you do? Someone has to make him talk or they're gonna die. Five days we got now, we're running out of time. You don't even know that it's him. You have to love someone and he knows where this guy is. Why aren't you telling me? This ain't right. Why? This guy's a fake. The girls are still out there. Yeah, good shit. She's good. Um, so like those Hugh are th- Jackman is a good guy gone turned insane. Maybe. I think Hugh Jackman's a great actor. I think he just he understandably does way more giant movies and takes big paychecks. But I think he could have been an even better regarded actor if he had done more of these kind of. Because I think he's great, but he's just flying back and forth. Yeah, he's Australia just in the states. You gotta, gotta say, cash he's in. He's just more used to like you know big balling, which you know what are you gonna do? Um, so those are three of my favorite uh, missing persons films. Excellent choices. Thank you. I don't know how representative they're gonna be of the Facebook picks, <laughs> but I don't think we're really in that game today. I don't think we are. Uh, first for me is the 1988 George Sluzier uh, Dutch film, The Vanishing. Uh, if you speak Dutch, it's also Spurlus. Spurlus. Um, they re or he remade this movie in the early nineties. Yeah, boy, it was um, terrible. I did a promo for it on TNT. Did not do a good job. Had to um, watch it like ten times. But the Woo. the original is really good. Um, Although J- Jeff Bridges' accent in the <laughs> Jeff Bridges like is in the the original. I mean, in the, the remake, and he created this weirdo accent for his character to make him sort of like yeah. an, an, an intellectual or whatever. I think he must have. That must be how the director speaks because it's like sort of Dutch. Yeah, and like, it's he, super specific, and you just feel like clearly that there was a reason for it, but it is but it's so no one. There's no way you would ever know. It doesn't it is. work at all. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> um, so this movie is basically a couple uh, Rex and Saski are driving through France and they say how much they love each other and that they're never going to leave each other. And then, of course, one of them goes missing. Um, so Saskia, they like stop at a gas station. And That's why I never say that I love you. Gone. I don't want you to go missing. That's why. Yeah. Thanks, uh, no, I don't touch me. I love you. Yeah. Uh, see, then now you want me to go missing. Um, so cool. Saskia doesn't come it's back not, out. Rex cool. gets really obsessed and several years years go by and he keeps looking for her, finds a new girlfriend and still brings her along for the ride to find his old girlfriend, which seems, seems a little weird. Seems like you're giving mixed signals. Yeah. There. Um, but eventually want to go see a movie. No, I want to go look for my old girlfriend. Yeah. Want to come? Want to come? Yeah, I guess Well, we can eat at the rest stop on the way. Um, but he gets phone calls over the years, uh, and the guy sort of sets up meetings and then doesn't show and they just sort torturing of fucks him. with him. Keeps torturing him. Um, and so he ends up meeting at the end of the movie, end of the movie, meeting the guy who may or may not, he thinks it's definitely the guy. 
uh, and I'm not going to spoil the movie, but it ends in a <laughs> really fucked up way. 30-year-old movie. Um, he gives him a real Hobson's choice whether or not he's going to... I would call it a Sophie's choice. ...believe that it's this is what happened or not. Um, yeah. And it's basically like... The only way you're going to know if it's me is to trust me in a sort of weird way. Devil of the Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Um, so this is the trailer in not English uh, to tell you what's going on in this movie. No, I didn't admit. No. Oui? Et uh, je, je veux... Uh, um... Um. Vous avez violé Saskia. Si elle est morte, je vais mourir moi aussi. Et si l'homme qui voulait savoir, c'était vous. <laughs> Not a great trailer. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Um. It's almost worth watching the remake to see. It's like a good, bad yeah, movie a, night. It is good. Um, watch the good one. It's actually watch the bad one first and then watch the good one to see how it can be done. How, right. how is, it's just weird that it was the same director. Yeah. And it's like one movie's really good and one movie's not. But anyway, a lesson in, uh, I guess, not looking backwards. Lightning striking twice, yeah. Not just. You made it in Dutch and French. Yeah, just move, move on. on yeah. um, he was making. Um, what was the River Phoenix movie? Dark Blood. When River Phoenix died, the last. Oh, that was his movie. And then they ended up finishing it anyway. And that movie is really weird. But anyway. Uh, next for me is Ben Affleck's directorial debut, Gone Baby Gone, uh, from 2007. And in this movie, Casey Affleck plays a private investigator along with Michelle Moynihan, his girlfriend, partner, and they are investigating a disappearance of a young girl and are working with the police force. And it quickly turns into a really more of a like a crime procedural uh, whether or not which cops dirty, who do you believe? Yeah. Uh, the way things seem aren't really the truth. So uh, Casey Affleck becomes sort of obsessed with he's I guess he's. He's never was a cop, but he was like he's got underworld, yeah, ties. He's from the neighborhood. And he's from. Um, he's a private detective, but he's a private detective, and he works with uh, Ed yes. Harris, who's a cop, and on this case, and they ha it's dealing with drug dealers and police corruption and Casey Affleck. You never in the beginning, you're not really sure is this guy the good guy or right. is he not, and it's sort of a character. Is he, is it in Lowell too? Is it, it's in Southie. It's in. It's. I don't think it's in. It's not in Lowell because it's. Um. That's the fighter that's in Lowell. Well, I mean, I just thought this was. But it might as well it's be the same kind of town. Yeah, it's in an outskirt of Boston, and everybody gets to do the Boston it's accent. Fucking Dunkin' Donuts. Um. But uh. Dunkin' Kid. I like the, Ben uh, Affleck's directorial movies. I don't think has he. I wasn't a big fan of the one that won an Oscar. Uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean it was fine. Yeah, it was. Or go fuck yourself. Yeah, it was. It was fine. It felt like a seventies movie where it was. I mean, like it wasn't bad. It's a story to tell. Yeah, 
we're doing it. And the fact that they sort of made up. I didn't see the, his last directorial effort, the one where it was like he, he played a, a gangster in the 30s. Oh, yeah. And the poster is just him looking bored. I was yes. just like, this doesn't look like you really put your best foot forward. I feel like Ben Affleck. He may have lost his way a little bit. But let's check out the trailer for. The drugs or the sex? A <laughs> little bit of, bit of both. Uh, let's check out the trailer for Gone Baby Gone. to the bed. She goes across to Dottie's, then she comes home and Amanda is gone. Who would take my little girl? She never hurt anybody. A four-year-old child is on the street. If we don't catch the abductor by day one, only about 10% are ever solved. This is day three. Do you know people in the neighborhood who don't talk to the police? One or two. We want to hire you to augment the investigation. I just want my daughter back. It's all right, we're gonna find her. You have to promise me. I promise. <laughs> you ever investigated an abduction before? I think Mr. McCready was hoping that we could help with the neighborhood aspect of this investigation. Half the guys you know are degenerates. And you know what the other half are? What? Cops. Don't hold it against me. Guess who? You asked me to find some people for you. I think I found them. So you're saying you didn't do it? Fine. If it turns out you're lying, I'm going to bribe cops to go after you, and I'm going to tell everyone I know that you're a CI and a rat. And I know a lot of people. At least two guns in the house. What else? Squad will be here in five minutes. You're not going to wait for them? We're not waiting. He lied to me. I can't think of one reason big enough for him to lie that's small enough not to matter. You're going to think long and hard before you start running around here investigating the police. Let it go. Coming here trying to get noble, boy. And don't try to take on something you don't have the shoulders for. You gotta take a side. If you beat a child, you're not on my side. If you see me coming, you better run because I'm gonna lay you down. This child, it's all I care about. And we're gonna bring her home. Tell him I'm sorry. Oh my God. How much? What did you do? Where I come from, you die with your secrets. It's the kind of thing that if you do, Patrick, you want to be sure. Are you sure? No. I feel like he held on a film by Ben Affleck a little long. In the I think it's good. Trailer. Yeah, I like it too. I think Dennis. it's a Dennis Lehane story and he writes a whole bunch of books about these two characters, about the husband and wife detective team. Um, and he also wrote for The Wire, so there's a lot of... Yeah. It has a similar sort of grounded feel. Inside the cop... Have In true crime, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a fucked up world. He's a great ri- he's a great writer, though, and it's, I think it's a good movie. In Casey Affleck is a good actor. Yeah, piece of shit, but a good yes, actor. Yes, piece of shit, but a good actor. Um, Alleged. Yeah. The uh, last for me is Clint Eastwood's 2008 Angelina Jolie movie, Changeling. Not The Changeling, which you remember from episode 127. I like The Um, Changeling. This movie, I like. Uh, You saw it and didn't like it, or you never saw it? I never saw it. It just did not Not look like my thing. And Clint Eastwood's late period is always sort of iffy. Yeah. Um, If Clint was in it, I probably would have seen it. So uh, Angelina Jolie plays a mother in the 20s whose son Walter goes missing. He's like 
nine or ten years old. That's right. This is basically and, gaslighting the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, it's like you want to know what gaslighting is? Watch this movie. So that's what I like about it. That it's just you watch it, and you're like that's that's fucking bananas. And then it's like, oh yeah, no, that that really happened. Um. So her son goes missing. A really short period of time goes by where you would really feel like you would believe the mom, like a couple months, and the cops find her son, but she says it's not him. And they're like, you're just crazy. You're being hysterical. Stop being so crazy. <laughs> and so this boy is the clearly boy's your son. Shorter. He's been circumcised. The dentist says it's not the same dental records. The teachers all say it's not the same person. They end up throwing her in a psych- psychiatric prison where a bunch of other people have been put for questioning the police. Um, and it's basically just, you're a woman, so we'll tell you what's right. And it's totally fucked up, but I like it as a movie. Um, this is the trailer for... <laughs> it's totally fucked up, but I like it. No, I mean, I like it as a movie. It, I like it because it's... <laughs> An example of it being fucked up. I don't like that. It's fucked up. <laughs> that's what it sounded like for a minute. It's fucked up, and that's what I like about <laughs> that's it. That's what I like about Let's it. Let's check out the trailer. My name is Christine Collins. On March 10th, my nine-year-old son, Walter Collins disappeared and a five-month investigation led to a boy being brought to los angeles from dekalb illinois the lapd told me and all of you that this boy was my son he was not my son is this mrs christine collins yes i'm the pastor over at saint paul's presbyterian I've made it my mission in life to bring to light all the things the LAPD wish none of us ever knew about. This police department does not tolerate dissent, and you are in a position to embarrass them, and they do not like it. I just want my son home. Why are you doing this, Mrs. Collins? You have stopped looking for my son! Why should we be looking for someone we've already found? The mayor wants this to go away. You can't do this. You are to convey the prisoner to the Los Angeles County General Hospital Psychopathic Ward. (laughs) By signing this, you certify the police were right in sending you here for observation, and it absolves them of all responsibility. I won't sign that. Orderly! What the hell have you done with Christine Collins? I know my son is out there. I can still feel him. Your son, unfortunately, would not be the first. But if you do it right... He may very well be the last. Your handling of the Christine Collins case has exposed this department to public ridicule. If the boy you brought back is not Walter Collins, then where the hell is he? I want my son back! I want my son back! Seems like an uplifting tale. Yeah, it's really... A bright, sunny day. <laughs> um, so those are some of our picks, which are most likely not your picks. Uh, but let's check let's out. Let's find out. Let's some deep dive. Facebook's choices. So we have uh, for the uh, Adult Swim Facebook. Finding Nemo, which. Pretty obvious. I mean. So in my it's mind. It's a little weird because. It's, that you, it's looking for someone where you don't know where they are, as opposed to. That right. you're separated. Yeah, yeah. That that um, the viewer knows where the yeah. the viewer knows where the person is, 
But yeah, so for me, Finding Nemo was more about fatherhood and not about a missing person. But I understand right. why someone would pick Finding We're Nemo. We're just justifying why we didn't. It's pick a it. great We're not movie. It's a bad choice. Big Lebowski totally should have thought of Big Lebowski. Yeah. I mean, that's a really obvious one. Um, Taken to me is still the same sort of thing no. where they don't follow her until you said that yesterday. F- they f- you're with her until she's kidnapped, at which point you don't see her again until he finds her. Maybe I'm in the other the Taken movies, in the other Taken movies, you see both of them. Right. But in Taken, the original, his daughter is kid. He's with her at the beginning. Okay. Then she's kidnapped, and then he is trying to find her, and you don't see her. Um, but. Taken is another really obvious one that yeah. I actually a movie I think is hilarious and awesome. Yeah, and I, I love it. I wish we could have thought of that. Journey Two is a video game, so I don't know. You failed, and uh, The Force Awakens, which you know that's a good one too. They're looking for Luke the whole movie, and they don't find him until yeah. the very end. Um, so they're looking for the path to Luke, but I mean, yeah, still, yeah, good job. And then, so let's look at the Toonami Facebook, um, your choices. Once again, Finding Nemo at the top, Taken, Gone Gone Girl. Gone Girl, which you almost did, but for different reasons. I almost did Gone Girl because I think it's such a bad movie and an example of Fincher starting to go down the drain that I wanted to highlight just how fucking stupid that movie is. But I decided not to be negative. I listened to that book on audio, as an audio book. And, uh, it is fucking stupid. I wish she was actually dead. Totally. And the book was half as long and it would have been way better. Totally. She sucks. Um, and so does Ben Affleck's character. Um, then The Force Awakens again. And then The Hangover, which makes sense. Yeah. I think I forgot The Hangover movie. I, I've erased The Hangover movies from my mind like they never existed. I can't remember any of them. Like they just, I don't remember any of it. I don't know uh, if I ever saw the third one. I never saw the third one. I saw the second one, and that was enough for me. I was like, okay, yeah. I don't want. And I think I watched someone. I watched someone watch it on a plane over That's their creepy. shoulder. That's real creepy. <laughs> um, but excellent choices all around. Yeah, you guys pick not better ones, but you guys picked the ones we should have thought of. <laughs> that feels uh, like you're, not, you're still not better. better. <laughs> I'm not gonna say they're better. But I'm not gonna in say they're way, better. But you did all. You did all right. Advantageous. You did all right. But I'm not gonna use the word better. So t- let's go to our sneak peeks for the week. Um, first up, we have a topical promo for Dragon Ball Super episode 27, premiering this Saturday night at 11. Remember. Yeah. Um, so check that out. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. I don't believe it. A lot of things have changed while you were gone. For starters, now I can do this. <laughs> At least try to face your death with some shred of honor. Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 11. It all worked out. You self-serving glory hog. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And then we have uh, something we already showed last week to the people who were at San Diego Comic-Con. And if you were watching our live stream, you saw it. But it will officially air this Saturday night. So we're going to show you again the homily that Gil Austin wrote called Sometimes the Bad Guy Wins. Here's something they don't often tell you in movies or TV shows. Sometimes the bad guy wins. It happens, but you can't let that stop you. You can't just give up and not try anymore. It doesn't matter what I think I can do. I still have to try with everything I've got. You have to do your part to fight back. I'll teach you justice. Not with your fists. 
What? But with your words and your actions. The job that we must give to ourselves now is to set examples and aid the next generation. Don't just sit there. Get up. Raise your voice. And let the world know that you're not going to take it lying down. I can't let it end like this. If there's even the slightest chance, I have to take it. You're going to try. You're going to help. You're going to make things right. Because together, we can do anything. Oh, yeah! Sometimes the bad guy wins, Kill. Yeah, I'm well aware. Um, was it? Were you just trying to say something? No. Trying to be a smartass? Nope. All right, just making sure. No, sir. Uh, so next up is is this Dana? This yeah. is Dana and Steve uh, dressed in their amazing costumes designed by Ashley Zeltzer, our friend and coworker, who also uh, did our amazing costumes. Who did as our well. costumes the last couple of years? Yeah, and this year we decided comfort would go before awesomeness so our costumes weren't quite as elaborate as they have been in previous years but they still required a good bit of creation on ashley's part so thanks again to her for all her hard work and the amazing tom and sarah costumes they were awesome tom even had a he had a thing on his arm so if you talk to him while he was in a helmet it sounded like the tom voice yeah he had a headset like a drive-through headset underneath his helmet it was incredible you couldn't hear it on the panel because we didn't want it to echo um, but when he was walking people around, people really freak out with that feedback. <laughs> yeah, sound. like it's you just murdered their child. He was he was shaking people's hands and talking in the Tom voice, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Like they were freaking out. So, but this is them walking down from our wardrobe fitting room while Jason and I were furiously assembling our costumes, yeah. uh, heading down to the panel. So let's check it out. All right, here we go. We're gonna go sideways. All right. So much Thanks to everybody who came out yeah. and watched thanks on our to, streaming thanks, show. Thanks, thanks to Steve and Dana for wearing yeah, for those costumes putting for hours. It with hours of that was literally hours of their time, makeup and fitting, yeah. and then before the panel. Yeah, um, and I think you'll see more about Dana's costume stuff in weeks to come because she filmed all of her making of the costume. So I think you'll see more of that. It takes a lot of work to make. I mean, as you cosplayers out there know, 
it's hours and hours of labor to make a really great costume. But I will say that the years of I never wear costumes. I'm not a Halloween person, and I don't have a body type that's easy to fit costumes. I would have to make it, and I'm far too lazy for that kind of thing. And also don't really care about dressing up. But uh, these experiences have definitely shown me how much work <laughs> solidified that good. feeling in your head. No, just you never well, to not that, but but it's also made me impressed with. The, the true cosplayers who really bust their ass and work on a costume all year, how amazing that costume looks. Now I know what it took to get there. Yeah. And it's even more impressive to see the people that come out and have these amazing costumes that they made by themselves. It's nuts. Um, so, yeah. And thank you for everybody who watched uh, our panel. And hopefully it was uh, fun for you. Uh, it's fun for me. It wasn't fun for me. Um, I so, finally, we have this week's Adult Swim single, which is a new song from my buddy Nick Hook, featuring Bungie Garland and Fat Man Scoop. Um, that premiered on Wednesday of this week, but you can get it, you can go listen to it right now. Just go to adultswim.com slash singles, and you can hear this week's single and all the previous weeks. We're now up to, I think, it's like week 10 or something by now. Um, so, let's check out a little bit of Follow the Money by Nick Hook. Follow that money. Follow that money. Yeah. Follow that money. Follow that money. Follow that money. Follow that money. Yeah. Follow that money. Follow that money. Follow that money. Now. Follow that money. Girl, get it. Follow that money. Follow that money. If you think that you need some brand new clothes, follow that money wherever it goes. Right into the bank, through the nose. Follow that money wherever it goes. Nice. And that wraps up this week's Toonami Preflight. We'll be back with an all-new episode and another fairly obscure topic. Please, Indeed. Please join us then. Remember the time change. Set your clocks back. Toonami clocks back a half an hour. 11 to 3.30 now. Thanks. Bye. Toonami, every Saturday night from 11 to 3.30.